This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. To the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour three. Hello, America. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. Glad to have you with me today. As always, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777 if you wish to be on the program. I want to play for you this audio. I, I won't play the whole thing. But uh, this is uh, Casey DeSantis started a Mamas for DeSantis group, and this is the the ad. Uh, there, it's it's actually it's like a two minute thirty second video. Don't want to play the whole thing, but I you need to hear this before we get to the relevant story. Well, let's go. Here we go. Missed a lot and put up with enough. You guys gotta go. Wait, let's go. He is arresting her for being on a public playground. Her kids are here. What are We've been forced into silence. <laughs> into sure. compliance. Mom's putting masks on kids on airplanes. And then told that we must trust the science. Indoor and outdoor venues should be closed. We've been told that we must deny truth, back down, and look the other way. Enough is enough. When you come after our kids, we fight back. Because there's nothing we won't do to protect our children. They're not yours. These are our kids. Our nation's children are all our children. We will not allow you to exploit their innocence to advance your agenda. We are no longer silent. We are united. And we have finally found our fighter. We're not going to let you impose an agenda on our kids. We're going to stand up for our kids. He'll do for America what he did for us in Florida. Schools open. Parents' rights defended. School choice universal. Critical race theory prohibited. DEI stopped. Child mutilation illegal. Girls' sports saved. Communities protected. Our economy 
growing, and freedom guaranteed. But winning the fight in Florida is just the beginning. We must protect parents' rights and the innocence of our children. We must restore sanity in our society. We need every mama and every grandmama in every corner of the country to stand up and fight back by electing Ron DeSantis President of the United States of America. Join us by texting MAMAS to 51... Okay, I'm going to stop there. I don't, don't want to run the ad promo here. I just wanted to hear that, that that was Casey DeSantis at the end. So I play this for you because I got to just read you the headline... Uh, from the in New York Magazine. This is a piece from April 8th. It is starting to recirculate online, and the headline is Children Are Not Property. The idea that underlines the right-wing campaign for parent rights. Now, as is often the case, the writer is someone who was raised in a Christian household and is bitter towards the faith and I mean, this is this is the way she writes. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it, the book of Proverbs says. To certain right-wing Christians, the concept is simple. A child can be broken or stamped into shape, much like any domesticated animal. Though all parents hope they'll pass their values onto their children, for some, that hope is more of a mandate. My own parents believe that Proverbs is the word of God, and they believed, too, that a righteous upbringing would produce an adult in their image. Who can blame them? The idea that a child should replicate her parents does not belong only to conservative Christianity or to religion at all. A proverb is common wisdom, and lately this one is hard to escape. Authoritarianism is gospel to modern conservatives. Nowhere is that clearer than in their assault on children. The parental rights movement is not new, but it's enjoying a resurgence. Adherents say they're protecting children from harm broadly defined. This is where the left is going on this. That they believe... Our children are actually property of the state. And your charge as parent is only to raise them in accordance with the wishes of the state. Now, I'm in the camp that says, actually, the the kid is mine. The kid belongs to me, not the state. A child is not property per se, but the child is my responsibility. The child does belong to me as my child. The left says otherwise. Casey DeSantis is taking this issue uh, broadly, and it's pushing a reaction from the left. Uh, In fact, uh, let let me read for you. This is the headline from the Liberal Guardian newspaper. Casey DeSantis' mama's video labeled Desperate Effort to Save Husband's Campaign. Florida First Lady outlines Ron DeSantis's hardline right-wing agenda, accusing progressives of coming after our kids. Actually, she played the audio of the gay rights activists chanting, we're coming for your kids, we're coming for your kids. And uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre of the White House saying the kids belong to us. She just played their words against them and they're upset. I'm telling you. This is the sleeper issue of 2024, and I've seen the polling behind the scenes on this issue. Parental rights is a huge issue. So in Ohio, the ACLU is pushing an amendment to the Ohio Constitution, and they're publicly claiming it's just about abortion. It would put abortion rights into the Constitution of Ohio, but the actual language 
of the proposed amendment is much broader. It's actually an amendment that would strip parents of their rights. It would allow teachers to help children transition in schools without telling parents. It would push the trans agenda in public schools. It would go so far beyond abortion rights and parents in Ohio are trying to raise the red alert that this is about parental rights, that it would strip parents of rights. It would strip parental notification laws. It would uh, it would strip uh, parental involvement in public education. It would be very, very expensive. The ACLU is pushing this in Ohio, and they're just talking about it as, as it would put abortion rights in the Constitution. They're not talking about the rest of the text that would strip parental rights. The left is coming after parental rights. Because parents increasingly realize what's going on, that they've been played, that their kids are being indoctrinated by culture. It's happening in schools, behind closed doors, behind their backs, without their notice. The left is is running a ground campaign to indoctrinate their children into left-wing insanity. And parents are having none of it. I've seen the polling where when parents are asked if teachers should be allowed to indoctrinate kids on uh, gender issues in elementary school, overwhelmingly they oppose it. Remember in Florida, the so-called Don't Say Gay legislation, actually the Parental Rights and Education Bill, it was supported by 60% of Democrats, the legislation. 60% of Democrats in Florida supported the Republican legislation that said you can't teach children about sex and gender in elementary school. Parents are having none of it. It's smart of the DeSantis campaign to seize on this issue because even Democratic parents, Hispanic parents, black parents, white parents, Democratic parents, the only ones, the self-described progressives are the only group that aren't in favor of expansive parental rights. Self-described progressives aren't in favor of it. Everyone else is. This is going to be a huge issue. So good on the DeSantis team for doing this. And notice the left-wing Anger and agitation already coming. They're already screaming about parental rights, that that there should be no such thing, that the, the parents should just uh, be the vessel through which the state indoctrinates the kids. That's not playing well with parents. And there's going to be a backlash to it, and it's starting to show up in polling. So kudos to the DeSantis campaign for, for grabbing hold of this issue early. Let me jump to the phones here before I get out. Uh, Craig, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Um, I was calling about the transgender issue as a parent transgender but first I want to start saying my biggest problem with the ideology for me is that when you say you were born in the wrong body what you're really saying as far as I'm concerned is that God made a mistake and I don't believe that God makes mistakes I mean that's a hill I'll die on Mm -hmm. and but my um because I split it with my daughter's mom when she was just a baby and for most of her life, I was estranged from her. And when we did see each other, you know, it was awkward. And at 17, we started redeveloping a relationship and getting close. And about a year and a half after that is when she come out and said that she really thought she was a man, which it's, it's kind of a very difficult waters to navigate because I'm trying to be supportive but not enabling at the same time because I don't want to alienate her again as we're just getting close Mm -hmm. because you know I can't be an influence in her life if she throws me back on the outside yeah so you know I've been trying to figure out how to it's like I won't use her preferred name or pronouns I just I try to navigate that by not using names or pronouns at all when I talk with her Mm -hmm. and um 
Yeah, you know, that so, gets a little more difficult when I have to talk about her in third person while she's around. Right. You know, I, yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, I I gotta tell you, I I, I, I I'm empathetic for what you're going through it's it's not hard or it's not easy when your parent is very hard to do this when the cultural winds have shifted so strongly against you and your values um i would just tell you that you are your child's parent and your child is struggling with something deeply and uh loving your kid is is more important than the politics and the agenda of the day um so your kid knows there's a safe space to come to if if your daughter grows out of it if goes through a phase and comes back um that there's going to be somebody there yeah, I, I you know it's i i was talking to a parent a while back who evangelical christian daughter decided she was a lesbian and really wrecked the family on that issue and the mom said she and the dad just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and and loved the kid and was welcoming to the kid and the kid's girlfriend and and one day, the daughter just decided, you know what? Uh, she's not now. She's married and has a kid um, with married to a man, and um, you just gotta love yeah, well, kid. She, she comes to me now more, like with her issues and stuff, than her mom because her mom's like a lot more militant in her position against mm-hmm. the transgender ideology. So she feels like she can't talk to her mom. So she comes to me, but you know, some of the things she tells me, it's like I kind of sit there you know, with this dumb look on my face because I'm really not sure how to, you know, it's like I want to disagree with her and and just tell her, it's like, you know, uh, my real thoughts, but, you know, I'm afraid to do that because then she'll shut me out and, you know, nobody wins when that happens. It's easy for me on the outside to to give you advice. That that and a couple bucks will get you bad coffee at Starbucks. but I'll I'll tell you, um, my my view is one: um, make sure your kid knows your kid is loved before all things. But then I wouldn't be shy uh, about lovingly just pushing back gently. Not so much that your child doesn't feel like she can come to you, um, but I you know I just I, I I guess I fall back on love your neighbor um, and love your child. And God will sort it out. Um, pray, pray hard. Yeah, that's, and that's what I'm yeah. praying. Yeah, you know, and, it, and that's a lot of people who aren't people of faith dismiss prayer. And and Craig, I got to let you go there because I got to go break. But uh, prayer works. It does. It's not easy. wasn't supposed to be easy. But it's so easy these days to alienate people to to put up a wall between you and the other person it's so easy and sometimes that person is hoping you'll put the wall up and being loving is sometimes the hard thing to do but it's always the right answer never fail to be loving uh, particularly to your kid who's clearly struggling with something um don't don't give up on that relationship that mean you got to succumb bend yield but don't give up i have breaking news it just hit the wires You're now safe to say Taco Tuesday without getting a cease and desist letter from Taco John's. I didn't even know there was a company called Taco John's, nor did I realize the phrase Taco Tuesday was trademarked. LeBron James tried to trademark the phrase Taco Tuesday, Uh, and the, the patent office said it was too generic for him to trademark, and then it turned out that actually a company owns the, the trademark Taco Tuesday. 
It's a company called uh, Taco John's. They're in 20 states, 400 restaurants in 20 states. I've never heard of this company. I've heard of, of what, a Del Taco. I've never eaten at one. I noticed there is one now between my office and home. Maybe that's where I'm going for supper tonight. Um, and uh, they're, they're, But it, they said it would cost them a million dollars to defend the, the trademark. Taco Bell sued in the trademark office trying to overturn the trademark. Taco John's uh, engaged in the lawsuit, but their lawyers have told them it would be a million, cost them a million dollars to defend it, and it was no sure thing. So they have given up the lawsuit. So you are free to now use the phrase Taco Tuesday, which all of us have been using for quite some time because it's Tuesday. You eat tacos on Tuesday. It makes perfect alliterative sense to have Taco Tuesday wherever you are. Well, now you're free to say it, except in New Jersey. If you're in New Jersey, not only are you not allowed to pump your gas, you can't say Taco Tuesday because a different company owns the trademark there. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's something called uh, Gregory's Restaurant and Bar in Jersey Shore City of Summers Point. Uh, and so they own it. Uh, Taco Bell is suing them as well, claiming the the trademark office wouldn't give LeBron James the trademark because was, why is LeBron James trying to trademark Taco Tuesday so he can sue everyone? I don't particularly care for the guy. I think he's just super arrogant. Um, but you're free now, folks. You're safe to use the phrase Taco Tuesday. I'm, I'm sure that was weighing on all of you. Tonight, go celebrate with tacos. Freedom in America. You can say Taco Tuesday without getting a cease and desist order from Taco John's. Now, I got to dig into this Taco John's place now. Because I have never heard of Taco John's. Uh, they got a website. Um, where are their locations? I'm, I'm curious. They, they don't have any locations near me up. They got some in, in Tennessee. Looks like northern North Carolina, Kentucky. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm fascinated by this whole Taco John's thing, having never heard of them. They don't come to the south. Apparently, at the Mason-Dixon line, they're like, eh, no tacos for you Southerners. But you go above the Mason-Dixon line, they got Taco John's. They got Taco Bell's everywhere. They, they got Taco You know, I saw somebody uh, last night said that, you know the great tragedy of Japan? The great tragedy of Japan is that they have the greatest toilets on the face of the earth. They really do. The most technologically advanced toilets on the face of the earth. But they have no Taco Bells in order to stress test the toilets. There's a lot of wisdom in that statement. No Mexican food in Japan to stress test the world's leading toilets. Something to be said about that. They're, man, their toilets, though, have y'all ever sat on one of those Japanese toilets? They got a little built-in bidet with the heated water and the, the air dryer jets. They're impressive things. I want one of the house. My wife said no. All right. In uh, news of the pathetic, CNN is running wall-to-wall coverage of Jack Smith, the f- special prosecutor, coming out of a subway shop with a foot-long sub that he stood in line just like everybody else. He's a real person. Oh, my gosh. It had to be, like, set up uh, to know, oh, Jack's going to be at the subway. Y'all bring your cameras and show. This is stupid. Uh, it is reality TV at its worst. Uh, by the way, so I've I've been saving this. I did not, during commercial break, I did not listen to it. I wanted it to be raw and real. I hope there's no profanity. I, I, I hope there's nothing bad. I doubt there is. I, I, but I, I saved this audio for us. My career could be on the line, though. If something bad was said, 
this moments ago happened in the Oval Office. Joe Biden with the president of Israel. This is what just happened. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level. And they are. And, uh, at the, uh, and Akwa and his Shram. And uh, as I uh, affirmed the prime minister, and we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level. And they are. Uh, and uh, at the... Uh, and as I affirmed the prime minister, yeah, that was, and he's like, he's he's clutching his hands on his chest and he's looking down like he's asleep, and nobody knows what is up with the guy. I have no idea, and that, my friends, is a perfect segue into no labels. Here's the director of no labels. The Democrats are having a moment freaking out about no labels. Well, thanks for having me on, uh, Brian, again. And yeah, let's just address some of those names that you brought up. Uh, Jill Stein, Ralph Nader, these are far left protest candidates, right? And the last one you brought up, you know, possibly the most comparable one, Ross Perot, which it proved that Ross Perot drew evenly from both sides and resulted in the election of Bill Clinton ultimately. But, you know, if we were to nominate a ticket, and if we were to get in it, uh, we would be, as Senator Manchin said, it would be in it to win it. We would not be in it to spoil it and take away votes. Uh, this is James Carville about Cornell West. Strategist James Carville, who helped Bill Clinton win the White House in 1992. Um, James, I mean, you hear Dr. West. What is your reaction to what he had to say? Do you think he, I mean, he, he rejects the term spoiler candidate. Do you think he could be? Well, First of all, he's obviously an accomplished scholar, academic. Uh, he seems to be a, a, a very charming man. And he's also a minister to the threat of the continued constitutional order in the United States. And it, I, I say that because look what Ralph Nader was directly responsible for the election of George W. Bush, which brought about this horrific Iraq war and this horrific uh, economic downturn we had, among other things. Uh, Jill Stein, who's his campaign manager, is almost certainly an agent of the Russian government. If you don't believe me, somebody at home Google photo General Flynn, Vladimir Putin, Jill Stein. She was hosted by the Russians prior to her running in 2016. So, you know, people are going to have to decide that we want to continue under our Constitution because Donald Trump is telling us that very clearly uh, is, is bragging about the fact that, that he doesn't want to live under the Constitution anymore. And it's very clear that the only thing that Dr. West's candidacy can do is help elect Donald Trump. It's it, it, nothing. I don't, I don't think any of that's inarguable, nor is it arguable that Joe Stein had deep relationships with the Russian government. Now, here's one more. Uh, Anna Navarro, who is a personal friend, she's on The View. I think this is the stupidest thing ever. And let me just say this. My 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 husband uh, has been very supportive of No Labels. He's been a part of No Labels. When No Labels started, uh, one of the things they did was bring together a, a bunch of people in Congress, Senate and House, with a bipartisan agenda. It was Republicans and Democrats trying to work together on some of the crises that we have in this nation. And, and I think that part is so needed and so great. But this is dangerous because let's just 
put things in context. This is not a normal thing. This is not Bill Clinton versus George Herbert Walker Bush with Ross Perot playing uh, spoiler. No, this is Donald Trump. He is a threat to national security. He has threatened our democracy. He caused an insurrection. He has weaponized government against his enemies. And so if you, John Huntsman or Joe Lieberman, I love you, Joe Lieberman, but you've got to stop this, Joe. Joe, 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 this is insane, and you cannot do anything, anything that could possibly help Donald Trump become president. You cannot be an accomplice on that. You are better than that. Um, <laughs> they are really, all of them worked up about Donald Trump possibly winning again. You, you know, why don't you go after Joe Biden? They're scared to death of no labels. If Joe Manchin, so Joe Manchin was with John Huntsman. John Huntsman was the former governor of Utah. He became the ambassador to China for Barack Obama. He was a Republican, became ambassador, ran in the Republican presidential race in 2012 against uh, uh, Mitt Romney and lost that nomination. I think he tried again in 2016, if I remember right. He's a very mushy, moderate Republican. And uh, Joe Manchin, of course, the Democrat, they may be the ticket. Uh, no labels is not commenting. They want to run them for president of the United States. Y'all, I, I have a, I, I got a personal philosophy about this. I, I'm a partisan. I like the Republicans. I was an elected Republican. I'm a conservative. I got friends across the aisle like Anna Navarro. I disagree with her strongly about most things these days, but she's a friend. No her husband. Um, if your problem is with no labels, what your problem is really with is Joe Biden. You're scared Joe Biden can't win. You're scared Joe Biden sucks as a candidate. The whole reason no labels is out there is because uh, they recognize there is a large part of the public that doesn't like either candidate. They, they don't want Trump and they don't want Biden. And if your problem is with no labels, what your problem really is with is with the Democratic and Republican parties for nominating men that most of the public says they don't want. And so the public is open to looking at this third party. They're scared this third party could get Donald Trump elected. So they're scared of a Democratic election happening is what it ultimately amounts to. You know, if Donald Trump gets elected president of the United States, he's only there for four years. They're upset because Donald Trump has said uh, that if he becomes president again, they're working on a plan to embrace the idea of the unitary executive and demand that agencies comply with the things the president wants. This gets back. I played this audio before. This is Michael Beschloss. He's the historian, progressive, loves Joe Biden, convinced Joe Biden to become the next LBJ. This was him on Morning Joe. Right. And you've got the front runner of the Republican Party, Donald Trump, the number two candidate by polls, Ron DeSantis or DeSantis or whatever it is. They're both fascists. They both want authoritarianism in, in, in America. And the thing I can't understand, maybe you can all enlighten me, why did Donald Trump make an effort to announce this last couple of days? He wants to make people afraid. He wants to, people to think that authoritarianism and Trump are inevitable and bow to him and make it much easier for him to walk in in 16 months. Um. So if Donald Trump becomes president, the, the big scandal is that Donald Trump would make the administrative agencies that answer to the executive branch comply with the wishes of the president. That's called separation of powers. 
if Congress wants those agencies to not answer to the president, they could structure them to be part of the legislative branch, but they haven't done it. They're in the executive branch. That means they have to bow to the will of the president. That's all Donald Trump is saying. I've looked at the plan. I've, I've read the New York Times article that, that's so outraged about this, and all it is is the president saying that if you're an executive branch agency, you got to comply with what he wants. He's right. Constitutionally, he's right, and they're freaked out about it. They liked having the deep state and the left embedded within the deep state. You, you, so you know how this works. I'm not making this up. You work for the Biden administration. You're a political appointee. You you want to stay behind to obstruct uh, Donald Trump's agenda. This is what people in Barack Obama's administration did. You want to obstruct Joe Biden's agenda. You are allowed to apply ahead of the pack into the civil service for a comparable non-political appointee job at the same comparable pay level, pay grade. So you embed yourself within the bureaucracy. This is what Republicans mean by the deep state. You embed yourself within the bureaucracy and you can then use your position in the civil service, invulnerable to a president's attacks. He can't fire you directly due to the Civil Service Act. And you can obstruct his agenda. Democrats do this regularly. When they leave a Democratic administration, they move into the civil service, they keep the same pay, they keep their insurance benefits, and they drag their feet on the president's agenda. And what Donald Trump is saying is if he gets back in, gloves are off. You will adhere to what the president wants as an executive agency or else you will get out and you will be fired. And the Democrats are like, he can't do that. Well, yes, he can. He's the president. That's Article 2, the executive branch. He's in charge of it. He is the unitary executive. The president is the chief executive officer. He gets his way in the executive branch. You can't stop him, and you know John Roberts will let him get away with it because John Roberts is one of the big advocates of the idea of the unitary executive. So is Brett Kavanaugh. This plays into their wheelhouse, and you're freaked out about it. So you're upset he's authoritarian? No, he wants to be president. You don't like it, make Congress act. That's essentially the the president's whole purpose here is saying Congress will have to pass laws. The executive branch agencies will not be allowed to regulate. Congress will have to do it. If he becomes president of the United States, he'll impose a moratorium on new regulations. And they're freaked out. They think it's authoritarianism. No, it's not. It's the structure of the Constitution. And if you don't like it, don't be mad at no labels. Be mad at Joe Biden for sucking so bad. People don't want him to be president of the United States. Make Joe Biden step aside. Your issue is not with no labels. Your issue is with an octogenarian sleeper candidate who literally sleeps and mumbles and stumbles. If a third party can mount an effort, get ballot access. By the way, you know the Democrats in Arizona are trying to keep them off the ballot. They're so so about democracy in Arizona, they want to shut out no labels. The, the Democrats nationwide want to shut them out. All these people who give lip service to democracy and ballot access and expansive voting, they don't want this third party. Kind of showing the hypocrites they are. It's not actually about voting and what voters want. It's about power, and they don't want to lose power. They're the authoritarians. They want to protect Joe Biden. They can't bring themselves to toss Joe Biden aside. They can't bring themselves to primary Joe Biden. So they want to shut down a third-party effort that could jeopardize his hold on power. I thought it would be a good thing. More participation, more candidates, more participation, bringing more people to the polls, giving people more options. No, 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 no. Not when it comes to depriving them of power because that's what it's about. 
It's not that Trump's an authoritarian. It's not that DeSantis is an authoritarian. It's that they themselves want to be authoritarians. They themselves want the power. They themselves want to ensure that they can win the election. And if anyone could possibly stand up and and cost them the election, put it in jeopardy, well, then those people must be stamped out, shut down, shut up, dragged, harassed, bemoaned, belittled, criticized in the media. You would think they would want more people to participate, but they don't, because if they did, it could be bad for Joe Biden, and they know it, but that doesn't mean no labels is bad. It means Joe Biden, well, sucks. Bloomberg News has gone to war with the rest of the press against the movie Sound of Freedom, the movie about human trafficking. It has published an opinion piece by Noah Berlatsky. Let me read you the last paragraph of it. So is Sound of Freedom a QAnon dog whistle or is it just another thriller? The answer is that whatever the filmmaker's intentions, it functions as both. These narratives do little to help victims, but they can create coalitions of feeling, disgust, and righteous rage that connect conservative conspiracy theorists with the mainstream. That's why Trump is screening the movie, and that's why its popularity is ominous. Got that? The movie's popularity is ominous. You know what's really ominous out there? The growing attempts to mainstream and normalize pedophilia. There's a San Francisco-based group called uh, Prostasia. It wants to destigmatize what they call minor attracted people, pedophiles. They describe themselves on their website as a, quote, uh, child protection organization that combines our zero tolerance of child sexual abuse with our commitment to human and civil rights and sex positivity. Now, critics of the group Prostasia say it, quote, uh, supports the sale of childlike sex dolls, advocates in support of the sexual depiction of minors in drawings and cartoons, and believes sex offense registries don't protect children. Now, the organizational leadership is pretty unconventional. Throughout 2019, there was a convicted sex offender on the advisory council and a governing board that consisted of a fashion designer and two lawyers with backgrounds in free speech. The organization advocated to the United Nations that, uh, quote, computer-generated and drawn portrayals of child sexual abuse constitute representations of child sexuality as opposed to the sexual exploitation of children. You get that? So um, while photos of child porn are bad, drawings of child porn uh, shouldn't be bad. They interviewed a woman, a feminist professor, who said that showing children pornography could be joyful and fun. The interviewer? was the head of the communi- head of communications for the group who was Noah Berlatsky the man who says that sound for freedom the sound of freedom is ominous his popularity is ominous yeah he worked for Prostasia the group trying to normalize uh pedophilia yes that's right the guy who was the communications director for the organization trying to mainstream pedophilia, an organization that runs a chat room for pedophiles where if you're 13 and older, you can be a part of it, uh, allegedly. Uh, That guy is the guy that Bloomberg is allowing to criticize Sound of Freedom's popularity. Maybe that might be more ominous. They would let a guy like that attack the movie. 
than the movie's popularity. Maybe, I mean, they're actually feeding into the narrative there about, well, um, pedophiles and those adjacent to the pedophile community being a threat to kids. Um, here you got have a guy who's definitely adjacent to that community uh, who worked for, for, does not currently, but did work for that organization uh, writing this. Just, this is insanity. The world has lost its mind. This movie is a good movie that highlights real-world human trafficking, of which there is a real problem in the world of human trafficking. You may say it comes in other forms than what this movie showed. You may say that the story, which is based on a true story, is exaggerated. All of these things are fair, but you can't dismiss human trafficking. It is a real thing that really does go on, and it's, it's a horrible issue. And we should have awareness about the issue. And that's what this movie does, is it raises awareness about the issue of human trafficking. And it also tells a true story about a man who dedicated his life to fighting human trafficking. It is amazing how the elite hate this movie. You know, we still don't know all the people involved with Jeffrey Epstein. The elite won't tell us. They, they won't in their newspapers tell us. The, the newspapers that are attacking the movie Sound of Freedom are awful silent about Jeffrey Epstein and his victims. That tells you a lot, doesn't it? I, I don't subscribe to QAnon. I think it's crazy. This satanic cabal of the elite running a human trafficking operation. But there are rich people out there who are abusing kids. There are rich people out there who abused young ladies at Jeffrey Epstein's mansions, and we don't know their names. The media probably knows them and won't tell us, and they say, well, we're afraid of being sued by these rich people. Oh, yeah, really, you're afraid of being sued by them for for having the goods on them. You're right, First Amendment and all that, yeah. But you'll spend a lot of energy trying to shut down people from going to see the movie Sound of Freedom. I just I find that's the ominous part of this, not the movie, not its ratings, but the amount of people in the press who would prefer you not to see it tells you a lot.